Hello, listeners. I'm Chloe Barlow, and I'd like to say thanks for joining us today for this edition of Columbia Chronicles. If you're looking to learn more about the inner workings of our community and the people who make it so special, you've come to the right place. This is your chance to understand how what's happening around you affects you and your daily life. And all it takes is about 30 minutes of your time. In this season, we're talking about literacy. 2020 marked the 50th anniversary of the University of South Carolina School of Library and Information Science program. Our reporters from Carolina's Honors College have gathered interviews with graduates working across the country to see how they bring a love of literacy to their own communities. In today's episode, Edinburgh talks to Ida Thompson, whose career has made an immeasurable impact through roles big and small. My name is Eden Berg, and I'm sitting down with Miss Ida Thompson. She is a graduate student of the Library and Information School at University of South Carolina and just has had a number of roles throughout her career. And I'm just excited to talk to her today to see what that's about. I know she has just an infinite amount of wisdom and knowledge to impart on us. So Miss Ida, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, and I'm just excited to have this opportunity to meet you and to talk with you today. Thank you very much. No problem. It is such a privilege. I really just want to jump right into it. Can you just give me a brief rundown of some of the roles you've served throughout your career? Honestly, if you just want to start at college and just work your way up until now, just different jobs you've had? Okay, well, um, college. Boy, it seems like a long time ago, but... um, um, my initial interest when I went to college was in um, in science uh, and biology, and I was contemplating med school. And um, of course, I'm a people person, and I've always been intrigued about human interaction. And uh, so I ended up taking a lot of sociology and psychology classes. And um, it, it turned out that I had a job on campus and my job was in the, the, the uh, university library. And of course that was great because I've always been an avid reader and I loved education. And uh, one day, one of my supervisors said to me, um, you're just so good at this. Uh, why don't you take a class uh, in the library department which is on the third floor of the library? And I thought, well, no, I'm really not interested in that. You know, I'm headed in this direction. She said, well, just take one class. And so I did, and I was hooked. (laughs) So, um, and at the same time, the university introduced uh, a major in uh, student personnel services and guidance. And so I actually changed my major to that. And then I got the minor degree in uh, library science. And when I graduated, of course, the university had a very young program, but a very exciting program to get the master's degree in library and information science. And because it was right here in Columbia, my hometown, I was just thrilled. So I graduated in May and started the program at the university in August. And um, it was just a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful learning experience And I I guess I never really thought I would end up uh, as a librarian, but um, you know, that's the way things work. Uh, I was so intrigued by the opportunity to have an impact uh, on both students, um, staff and the community uh, through my library services. And so when I finished the program, I was offered a job, um, I think the same week I graduated. And um, that was the start of my career. 
it gave me an opportunity to um, work initially at the elementary level. I was in school librarianship. And it was just a wonderful experience, both for my personal learning and growth, but also to see the changes uh, and the impact I was able to make on the lives of my students and my staff. Uh, and so I worked at that level for 11 years. And then I was uh, offered an opportunity to uh, take a position at one of our local high schools uh, because the, the certification is a K-12 certification. So I was excited to move on to the high school level and just thoroughly enjoyed working with the high school staff and with the students. They were just remarkable. And um, it just, it was just so exciting because um, I, I think in librarianship, there have always been these stereotypes about libraries and librarians. And I didn't fit any of them. You know, my libraries were always busy, active, fun, engaging spaces um, for everyone in the community, whether it was a parent, a student, or a staff member. And so to take that type of energy to the high school level was just really, um, those were four of the best years of my life working at the high school level because the students weren't accustomed to that. Uh, there were things going on in the library space all the time and just developing relationships with students and helping them to see the library as their space, a space of learning and inquiry and discovery and creativity was just so exciting to me. And I uh, still have students from those four years who have gone on to do phenomenal things and, um, and they always stay in touch and say how much they appreciated the opportunities that they discovered. Um, through being actively engaged in the programming uh, at the high school level. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, after four years at that high school level, I was offered a position to serve as the library consultant for the entire school district. And that was another important step because it gave me an opportunity to impact not just in one school, but to have an impact and influence across you know, the entire school district. Uh, that was another exciting time for me. And uh, I worked in that position for, I think about three or four years. And then I had another opportunity to be become the director uh, of the department, which at that time, the name was called um, Media Services. But as we saw the greater impact and influence of technology, the department's name was straight, was changed to instructional technology because where were the first computers? Where was the technology? It was in the libraries. And who were the people helping our communities to learn about it and use it and integrate it were the librarians. And so um, the department had great responsibility for education of teachers and staff on all types of technologies providing professional development, uh, just integrating all of the new information formats that were coming down the pike. And I, I just thoroughly enjoyed my career and uh, retired after 39 years of service. Oh my goodness, that is so cool. I can tell just from listening that you are so passionate about it. But um, 
I think something I think that is really fascinating is you've had a chance to work in an elementary school setting as well as the high school setting. So yes. you've been able to see the growth of, you know, little kids to people who are going out into college or the workforce. And exactly. um, something I'm curious about is just how, what differences do you see? Um, what were some of the things that you saw, maybe the importance of literacy at a young age and how that it can affect you later on, or just anything you would like to say about uh, contrasting those two? Yeah, it, it is a continuum. And I, I would always tell my elementary students, now uh, you're about to take a big step into middle school. <laughs> and these are my expectations for you. I am not gonna have you going to middle school not knowing these things and being informed about this and being able to do these things and grow yourself as an independent user. And um, they would say, oh, well, what do we have to do to do that? And I said, we're gonna take, participate in all the learning experiences that we have here. And it was the same thing with my high school students. Um, sometimes people are a little leery of high schoolers, but I, I just love them because they are a, kind of in an interesting space. You know, they want to be independent, but yet they still appreciate the nurturing and the support. And, and my focus was the same. I want you to be the best person that you can be. I want you to be a good consumer of information. I want you to be able to take care of yourself. I want you to be a good citizen. And we were able to, you know, weave all those things into the programming. When you leave here, you know, you need to have a good foundation for being able to do certain things, being able to think critically, to find what you need, to use information, to evaluate it, whether you're buying a car or you, you know, you're trying to decide what you need to purchase or where you need to live. The information is powerful, no matter what the activity is. And as an information consumer, you have to have a certain set of skills. Nobody can ever teach you or give you all the information you need to know, but you can be equipped with the skills so that you can overlay those skills on any situation or any scenario. And that was the approach I had with my high school students. So that when they walked across that stage, they had a good foundation of uh, how to navigate in a space and how to evaluate what they needed and where to find what they needed and then how to use that information once they located it. So it's a continuum of learning. And even after high school, even working with adults, with teachers, it's the same thing. We still overlay those basic information skills. Everybody needs information, no matter what the situation. Information is important and you have to be able to know uh, how to find what you need and make critical decisions that impact every aspect of your life. It doesn't matter what your career focus is, it's the same thing. Yeah, it kind of just sounds like you just give them a toolbox and that's all you can really do is just prepare them and try to impart knowledge on them. And I mean, and yeah. you know, the, the important thing about students that I've learned in my career is that um, learners are amazing. Um, when they know that you care about them and their success, um, it, the sky is the limit in terms of what they can do. Because if you set high expectations for students and you support them, um, um, they will rise to the occasion. And um, I've seen it happen too many times in my career, uh, working with students, even working with teachers, you know, who say, oh, oh, I just can't do this. I don't understand this. This is too much for me. 
but you take it a little at a time and you give them and you build on one success builds on the other that leads to another that leads to another and pretty soon you know they're riding without training wheels right <laughs> so they're able to do it but with the right support the right encouragement and the right intervention and many times I, I hope now that there is a continued focus on interventions for students, um, recognizing quickly when an intervention is needed and giving it to them at the appropriate times so that they can continue and be successful in their learning career. Yeah, yeah, and I love hearing you, hearing you talk about how the university program has impacted you because I'm hearing now that you're impacting people in those same ways and it's just these generations of people just helping others and just getting them to where they want to be whether it's a librarian or anything um absolutely just about that yeah thompson was also part of what was called the reading is fundamental program and she shared this story with me about the true impact that literacy and her organization had on others mm -hmm. um then you talked about um reading is fundamental oh god that's my baby that was my baby um the reading is fundamental program um started back in the early 1960s and it was an opportunity for communities and schools to recognize that basically students will read more if they're motivated to read and what motivates them to read is they have choices and what they can read um and so um, it was formatted such that you had what we call distributions. So my kids call them book parties. <laughs> um, so you made these wide selections of books and my students were on my advisory committees. They helped select the books. They helped inventory the books. They helped with everything. Um, and we'd have a day where all of the books were made available and students could come in and freely select whatever they wanted to read. I'm going to share this story with you. Um, every year I would do all these special things for our RIF distributions and, you know, got great publicity for them and would always have someone from the national office in Washington. I would invite them to come to our RIF distributions. So one year our um, coordinator was, was with us and we were at one elementary school. And um, of course it was a RIF, it was a RIF day. And um, the kids were so excited, you know, to get in and see all the books and choose what they wanted. And um, one of the teachers um, said, um, I, I have to share something. And she said, uh, and it was so emotional. We were all in tears by the time she finished. She said, I was a riff kid. And she said, um, my family situation was not the most stable. And I never knew what was going to happen from day to day. And she said, but the one thing I could count on was my riff books. She said, I had a pillowcase and I kept all my riff books in that pillowcase. She said, because we were homeless, we lived in shelters. Sometimes I didn't know where I was going to be, but I always had my riff books. Now this was, this young lady was now teaching fourth grade in this school. No one in the school ever knew that about her until mm -hmm. she shared it. And of course, as I said, we were all in tears hearing yeah, her story. I'm almost in tears so that right shows now. you the impact that Riff had on this one person. And I have so many more stories like that. Yeah. Uh, in the in the years that um, that I was able to serve, I I love hearing your story, and it's just 
so many years of wisdom and experience. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah, dumbfounded by everything. If you had to say what you wanted, maybe a legacy of yours to be, because I know you're retired now, what would that be? Uh, what impact, I guess, do you hope to have on your community, on just the library services that you've been through, whether it's a legacy or a quote or an impact of any kind? Wow. I, I would think that um, it would be important for me to have others recognize um, my passion for people and their success. And um, my career as a certified librarian, as a district administrator, uh, has given me so many opportunities to be of help to others. Uh, and uh, I, I would I would hope that that would be uh, an important thing that people would uh, know and appreciate about me and my work. Yeah, I can definitely see that through you. Is there anything you're doing today on a, it, the answer could be no, it, on a daily basis or weekly basis for libraries or anything like that? Are you still staying involved? Are you? Just, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm actually um, very active in my state library organizations. Um, and I am currently the chair of the uh, National Coretta Scott King, Virginia Hamilton uh, Achievement Award jury for the American Library Association. Uh, in fact, our conference is coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. And, um, and so I remain very active in the state and on the national level um, with libraries and library programming. As I said earlier, I had the great opportunity to have a, a two-term year of services on our um, Richland Library Board of Trustees. And, um, you know, I'm always available to uh, work with school districts and I do workshops and presentations uh, at conferences uh, about libraries and library services, about literature, children's literature, and, you know, the whole gamut. And so I try to remain very uh, close to my profession because I think it is so very important um, that we continually uh, engage with our communities and show how libraries make a difference in the lives of our citizens, whether it's a three-year-old or, or, or 85-year-old citizen who needs help or services or access to information or an opportunity to explore a new interest or hobby. And so I, I'm always working um, to do something, um, whether it's on the state or on the national level. And I'm actually working now with the, um, uh, the Black Caucus of the American Library Association to establish an affiliate here in the state of South Carolina. So lots of things always happening and I'm, I'm always excited to um, be engaged and to work with others in any way that I can. Yeah, I, yeah, I think our world just runs on people like you who just all they want to do is just help other people and get them to their absolutely absolutely that. yeah and unfortunately I think we are reaching the end of the segment but I okay. appreciated having you so much I honestly could probably ask you a thousand more questions <laughs> well I would enjoy talking with you too because yeah. I do love to engage with with folks and so thank you for the opportunity and again I'm so appreciative of the program at the School of Library and Information Science uh, I got my degree um Oh, wow, back in the uh, late 70s. 
uh, when the program was, you know, just starting and um, its reputation continues to be a positive one and has turned out so many great professionals. So thank you for the opportunity to reflect on my career and my, and my time at uh, Davis College. Thanks again to Edinburgh for today's reporting. In our next episode, we'll meet a recent graduate of the iSchool who is working to expand its reach to Charleston, South Carolina. Columbia Chronicles provides in-depth coverage of news and issues important to the greater Columbia community. It's produced through a partnership between the University of South Carolina's School of Journalism and Mass Communications and USC Student Media. For a full transcript of today's episode, go to www.garnetmedia.org and look for Columbia Chronicles under Podcasts. Thanks to Lucian Kemper for today's music. Before you head out, we have a quick message for you. It's been too long. The dance floor is calling us. You are my destiny, my other half. Are you delayed? But my sweet, the CDC says we have but four to six weeks to meet, to make our love take full effect. I long to dance with you. My sweet Moderna, give us another shot. You know it takes two to tangle.